All right. Good morning, everyone. Yes, my name is Eric. So, so, uh, so glad to be here and to be uh, teaching today, which is always fun. Um, you want to pray? You want to pray with me? We're going to pray. Awesome. See what the Father will do today. <laughs> Continue to do. Oh, Father, I just come before you right now. I thank you for your very presence here in this place. God, you are doing a work in us that we would never have imagined would be done. And yet, by your grace, by your spirit, you work in and through us. You love us. You, uh, you see us as we are. And yet, even in that, you love us. You love us so much. Your grace really does uh, go deep in our lives. And, and so I bless you today. I thank you for the work that you're doing in every heart in this place. God, I pray that you would even inspire me to say something I didn't plan on saying by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that would touch hearts in this place, that it would go deeper than just a, a bombarding of information, but Lord, it would be a revelation. It would be something that truly changes us and uh, brings us closer to your heart, and so I bless you in that, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, how many have been here so far for the values? We're talking about the Y series the last two weeks. Um, yeah, Pastor, Pastor Dick has been going through values and why values are so important, right? I don't know if anyone did their homework and wrote, we're not keeping track, but, um, you know, it's always nice to know what your values are in life, you know, why, why you do what you do. Every, even if you weren't here, you know, hopefully you know that you do have values. You may not have actually spelled them out or written it out, but there are things that you do in life, the reasons why you do them, because you have values, you have uh, reasons why you do things, the, even the way that you do them. Um, and so this week, kind of continuing in that same, same uh, vein, uh, we want to talk about uh, simply the, the idea of um, vision and, and having a vision for life, you know, knowing that God has a vision for the church, you know, this thing that we're a part of, this thing we, we gather together because, as you, as you know, we say here often that the church is not a, a building. The church is the people of God. It's the people of God in the presence of God, and so he has uh, more for us. And in doing this why series, why we do what we do, why are we doing this, why do that, um, you know, simply stated is that if our, if our Christianity is... Uh, in fact, experientially alive, rather than just knowledge-based, the things that we, we know, but we're actually living out um, what our values are, then, then our, our faith isn't just a mere learning process. It's not just like knowledge, knowledge. It's, 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 uh, it's even more than a way of living. It's, it's the way of life. <laughs> just as Jesus says, he is the way. Um, and so vision... <laughs> this continuing thought of why we do what we do, um, vision is, is so crucial because of the, the trajectory at which life goes. 
How many of you know you have a vision? Have some sort of vision of, uh, you know, where, where you're going in life, where you're headed, you know, kind of what it looks like down the road? But some of you may be here and be like, no, I don't, I don't necessarily have that. I've been kind of figuring that out. Like, I remember uh, when I was 18, for those of you who are older, like, do you, do you remember when you were 18, what you were thinking at that time? You know, some of you younger, you're kind of approaching that, so it's, it's, it's a good place to be. Um, learn from those who have gone before you. <laughs> but I remember thinking at the age of 18 how crazy it was to... Um, you know, force kids, this is still, still young at that age, I, and I say that now at 36, 18 years removed from that, not, not in that, I wasn't saying this at that time, but the, the idea of like kind of forcing, feeding kids into the college system and being like, okay, make, make crucial decisions for, that will direct the rest of your life at 18 when like scientifically like brains are still forming into like early 20s, <laughs> you know? And, it, and it's like this demand of, hey, by the way, by sophomore year, you better have declared a major, <laughs> right? I have many friends who, who went to school and they're like, it was like panic mode. As soon as it was like, okay, sophomore, I, I got to declare a major. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I don't know what, I, I'm just going to pick one. <laughs> and I always thought, wow, that's like, it's like Wild West out there in the college world of uh, having to pick something you don't even know. It's like, okay, but just, just so you know this, I don't know moment's going to direct the rest of your life, whether it be in, in uh, student loans or, or, you know, getting into something you're like, well, I, don't, I don't even know if that's what I want to do. I, I mean, I do have many friends who, you know, did, did go through, you know, further education and, and ended up do, four years in and was like, I don't even think this is what I want to do. I'm like, wow, that is a costly, this isn't what I want to do, right? Right? And so, but it's, it, what it does is it exposes the idea of vision. It's what you have set before you. And see, some people are going to know, like, at the age of 12, they're like, I'm going to be this. Like, I always love that when, when I ask the kids, you know, the, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, you know, they'll say something and it seems kind of far-fetched. You're like, oh, that's cute. You know, and you're thinking like, no, that's never going to happen. But who knows? Who knows the desires that God has put in their hearts to be what they want to be? And some, and some kids really do know at an early age what they want to be. And I think that's, that's an amazing gift that God gives to children. If they can grasp like, this is who I am. This is why I was made. This is my purpose here on earth. How awesome is that? When someone early on is like, this is what I want to do. And yet I have friends my own age that are like, I, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, kind of, I'm working. I'm taking care. Like, you know, I've got a family. So it's like, okay, so you have purpose. Okay, but, but what is your vision? Well, I, you know, I just, I don't really know, you know. And, and it comes down to considering the things of like, why am I here? What has is, what is God called me to do? What has God called me to, right? How many of you have ever asked that? I wonder what God's purpose is for me. Yeah. And so our goal, our vision, our hope in presenting this series and as we continue to stimulate this thought is, you know, just to talk about what it means to live out our day-to-day lives as followers of Christ. We want to be a people, a community of believers who uh, have a vision for what and why we do what we do because the scriptures state in Proverbs, 
where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, when I speak about vision here, you know, my context is, is not so much in the, like, mystical realm of, like, dreams and visions. You know, like, oh, I had a vision, right? But it is towards the plans of God for, our, for my own life, for our lives, for uh, our families, our church community. That's, that's where we're headed. Uh, Habakkuk 2, more Old Testament for you if you're not in the Old Testament a lot. Habakkuk 2, verse 2, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. See, walking out of vision is a, is a faith activity, and therefore it requires uh, risk-taking. You know, if you've ever, if, if you're a business owner or no business owners, it's like business owners have this, I, I have a vision. I, I want to accomplish this thing. I've got this idea, right? And usually those people are the ones that are taking great risk because they're the ones who are like, okay, I'm dumping all of my money into this or I'm, I'm putting all of my time into this and I, oh man, God willing, I, I hope this works out. <laughs> you know, it's, it takes a lot. It, it's like you have an idea and you're, you, you are the one taking a lot of risk by seeing this vision through. Um, but it also takes a willingness to uh, abandon our personal desires. Um, well, if required. I mean, not always, because sometimes it could be God's, you know, he's the one pushing you towards that. Um, but it, it ultimately requires humble submission to God in the midst of it. It's saying, God, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, show me the way. And so even like um, Winston said earlier, you know, sometimes we need to pray, Lord, what should I pray? <laughs> Lord, what should I be praying right now? What should I be focusing on? Um, it's interesting. In Hebrews 11.1, uh, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it's funny, we talk about vision, we talk about the, the, you know, what we see, but as you know, living as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, it requires faith to please God. It requires faith to do things that we wouldn't be able to do in and of ourselves. And so that, that does require a sense of, okay, I see this thing God's doing, but like, I don't see it physically, but I see it in my mind. I see it as an opportunity. I see it as potential. And, and so that's, again, this is where vision is coming in. Not necessarily what I'm seeing, but it's what I'm seeing by faith. I'm seeing this thing down the road of what could be, right? You know, anyone who has a family or gets married, right? You, you got a vision of, oh, this is what life is going to be like. Now, if you don't have a game plan in the midst of that, which we'll talk about in a couple weeks, the vision won't always come to pass the way that you think it's going to because life will just happen and you'll get kind of swept under that wave. But here's an excellent example and, and possible the, the first reference to this faith principle of now faith, uh, being present, active, and uh, continually active expression of pursuit of God's promised vision for our lives. Uh, going into Exodus... Uh, Israel, so Israel had been uh, delivered from hard bondage in Egypt, okay? 
many know that story, but the people of God were under the rule of Pharaoh as slaves. They were led out into the wilderness, escaped from slavery, and they were heading towards God's promised land. So when God said, hey, I'm going to deliver you from Egypt, it was, what was that? It was, here's a vision of a hope, a future, right? Okay, we, we're, we're going to come out of this. But when they were in the midst of it, they didn't have a vision of getting out of slavery because they were just like, well, it is what it is. You know, same, same day, you know, like, well, I don't know, I can't say the saying, but, you know, some people say same something, different day, you know. Um, but when you're trapped, that's kind of the mentality you take on, right? So anyways, God gives a vision. He says, promised land. You will no longer be slaves. There is a promised land I have for you. And they have, they have good leadership in, in a man named Moses. Um, they have a constant visual reminder that God is leading them through this process, uh, including Moses by a pillar of smoke in the day and the pillar of fire by night. Uh, and if the pillar doesn't move, Moses doesn't move. And if Moses doesn't move, then the people of God don't move. Can you think of anyone else who lived that way? If you do your Sunday school lessons, you'll say Jesus, okay? He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. It involved vision. I only do what I see the Father doing. It, it involved an observance. It, inv it in involved a relational component with the Father. Do you live that way today? Do you have that at the forefront of your mind of living like Jesus in that I, I only want to do what I see the Father doing? What, what is he about? What is the Father doing? You know, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you committed to following Jesus? Have you, have you been water baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? All of these things are, are building blocks of faith and, and, and uh, developing our relationship with the Lord. But here's one of the dynamics of moving in the realm of vision, of pursuing and, and building toward uh, an as-yet-seen future. So by faith. So ready? It's like we have no memory of the future. There you go. Settle with that. But, but we are loaded with memories from our past and some of them are highly charged with emotional energy, right? Interesting quote uh, by a man named uh, P.K. Bernard. He said, a man without a vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always return to his past. That's simmer, simmer for a while. Yeah, love to. He says, a man without a vision is a man without a future, and a man without a future will always return to his past. See, without vision, it's, it's, it's one of those things when, when people get stuck, right? We get stuck. We get, you know, you see people in, uh, you know, in depression, anxiety. Um, I think most of these things really come out of a place of just no vision, because within vision, it, within vision, it's, there's baked in hope. 
there's hope baked in division. It's you, you have promises and things ahead of you. And so it's going to be the thing that motivates you, that drives you, that keeps you moving forward, that like even when there's obstacles, you're like, I, I know there, okay, yep, this obstacle, but it's not going to keep me. <laughs> it's not going to keep me from going there. But if you don't have that thing ahead of you, you're just going to revert back and, and uh, what do they say, go, you know, go with what you know. <laughs> and I think of Jesus, and uh, I think it's uh, in the book of Hebrews in 11. I don't have that scripture up here, but it says that Jesus, because of the joy set before him, endured the cross. See, he wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking beyond the cross. And sometimes we think like, man, like, you know, we're going through something and like all we're doing is like laser focus on the thing that's like in front of us, this obstacle, this mountain, this, you know, challenge, whatever it is, this offense, whatever it is. And, and Jesus is like, dude, my eyes are beyond the cross. They are way past it because the joy I, I have of knowing that, you know, my people will be with me in right relationship, I can... I, I can go to this cross and be nailed upon it because of what I see that's past it. And there was joy. There was hope in that. So anyways. So going back to the Exodus event with the people of Israel, starting in verse 1 of chapter 16, it says, uh, they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, they, after that, they had departed from the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. See, sometimes a path of vision means that you leave something behind to end up with nothing on your way to getting everything. Sometimes we'll be like, oh, like, why? like okay, why did God, if, if, if I got out of this, like, why is God, why, why God, why is this happening? It was supposed to be better. There's an old saying that says, you know, some, they could, they could get the Israelites out of Egypt, but they couldn't get Egypt out of the Israelites. And sometimes God wants to bring us into a place of, of prosperity. He wants to bring us into a place of newness and restoration, and, and we're still dragging that stuff with us. You know, complaining, whining, <laughs> you know, looking to what we had. Well, at least what we had is better, but there's a promise. And, and having that promise is so key. And if you try to rec rescue yourself from God's purposes, you know, then you end up with a still lifeless image of what was envisioned. You, uh, we grumble and, and we long for uh, what we used to have, and at least, that, at least at that point we had fill in the blank, <laughs> you know? So what are they tripping up over here? It's, it's hunger. <laughs> They're hungry. Right? We just, we just read that in that passage. They, they remembered the food in Egypt, but somehow hunger was overriding the beatings, 
the slavery, the hard taskmasters who worked them to death, hunger. <laughs> like, think about that. Their hunger led them to be like, we'll forget about all the other horrible acts. We're just hungry. <laughs> so God, being God, he gives them what they long for. He gives them food. Hooray. Continuing on in that uh, verse 11, I think we had there, yeah. Uh, and the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. See, that's where God comes in. So say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. And now this is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. And when, uh, but when they had measured it with an omer, it's just a standard of measurement, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. So here we go. It's the hunger. It's the hunger. It's the worry of hunger. It's not even the hunger at this point. It's the worry of hunger. So some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. <laughs> I like this trend. Does it say stank? Yeah, nice. I like that. Stank. <laughs> <laughs> and Moses was angry with them. <laughs> morning by morning, they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. And on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. And so they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them and it did not stink and there were no worms in it. There was a song, who was the, I did it my way? Who's the, Frank Sinatra, thank you, yeah. It's not a good declaration. But when dealing with vision, specifically, uh, you know, vision casting for your life from the Lord. You know, your life is unique. And that's the awesome thing about vision is that, you know, like, Sue Ann's vision for life is going to be much different than mine. We, you know, like, we love the Lord. We're like, we're, do whatever we need to, to to share the love of the Lord with people around us. But we're going to do it differently. There's, it's like there's this uniqueness that you have that, that I don't have and I have that you don't have that we fulfill this calling of God in a very specific way that involves right relationship with the Father so we can do what we see him doing. And in this case, you know, these words from the Lord, these commands, he's concise. His word is, isn't variable. It's, it's like 
do this, you will be blessed. <laughs> it's interesting. If you, if you think about the progress of Israel as they left Egypt for uh, the promised land, you know, you'll notice that he, it wasn't even just a, hey, go here and we'll figure it out. He took them step by step. There was a plan. There was a plan in place. It wasn't like God, like Wild West and, you know, hey, everyone, hope you, hope you figure it out. Here's, here's the thing. It's like, no, I'll guide you. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will guide you along the way. You're not just going to do this on your own. And from here to there and the next place, and even if it didn't always look or feel safe, but it always brought them closer to the promise. So until what? Until they saw the promise. They entered the promised land. Um, you know, they ultimately end up, well, even before that, you know, was it 45 years until that generation passed away before they finally were like, oh, okay, like follow the Lord all the way. <laughs> not just some of the way, not just here and there, but the, the, the follow him through the whole thing. Um, and I think this is a big thing. Like God always provides all that you will need to get to where he wants you to be. I'll say that again. God will always provide what you need to get you to where he wants you to be, but he never guarantees a smooth transition from who you were to who you are supposed to be. Wrestling. <laughs> Lots of wrestling. You know, if we want to get to where God wants us to be, we can't be the same people we were when we started. We need to be changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit working with us. It only comes by having relationship with Jesus Christ. See, vision is what we see, but it is also the way in which we see. Vision is the lens that interprets the events of our lives, the way we view people, and even our concept of God. You could call that worldview. If we have a scratch on our, on, for those of you with glasses, you know, uh, it can seem like everyone else has a scratch. Man, that person has a scratch on them, you know. But the problem actually lies with the person who is visually impaired. You know, Jesus said that the eyes, uh, that, that our eyes are the windows of the heart. That's pretty big. Paul prayed that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened as we pray. In other words, we perceive with our eyes, but we see with our hearts. I like that. Our minds receive images from our our minds receive images from our eyes, but our heart interprets these images. So if our heart is bitter, jealous, offended, hurt, some way, you know, infected in that way, the, the lens of our heart is distorted and then we don't see life the way God wants us to see it. What we perceive is happening and what is really going on could actually be two totally different things. I think that happens a lot in life, right? But what I'd love to give you all in this series of next steps to, um, you know, follow, you know, the... Yeah, I'd love to do that, but I don't, I don't know if there's any, like, here's, here's, three th here's seven ways to, you know, that sounds like a good book title, I suppose. But we really need to follow the Holy Spirit. 
We need to be in relationship with God in prayer, to be a people who seek after his face, to say, God, what is, what is the thing you want me to go towards? What is the thing that you, you have for my life? If you're at that place, you're like, I don't have a vision. I don't really know where I'm going or what I'm doing. Now is the time to ask. Today is the day to ask, God, what, what do you have for me in these next five years? And that may be too far out. You may even say the next three months. <laughs> Something more attainable. And that's fine. That's fine. As long as you're walking in step with him and you're trusting him for the next steps of your life and saying, God, where should I go? And maybe you do have a vision. Maybe you do know, you know, no, this is what God's called me to do. And this is where I should be in the next three years. Okay, so what are you doing to make that uh, a reality? How are you walking in step with the Lord to make that thing a reality and not just talking about it? I've, I, I used to trip up on this many years back being a younger Christian of, oh, God wants me to do this and he wants me to do that. And then I'd look back six months later and be like, that's weird. Like I haven't even done anything to like move that along. <laughs> you know, it's not like God's going to you know, like, oh, I feel like the Lord's going to make me a teacher. Okay, so what are you doing to like beef up on that teaching? You know, it's not just going to fall into your lap and be like, okay, I'm a, te- I'm a teacher today. Like, you're going to have steps. He's going to walk you step by step. He's going to guide you in that process, but it takes communion with him. But if you do the homework, you'll find your way. You'll find your vision in that. Read the Exodus story. All the steps are there. Dialogue with God, prayer, worship, sacrifice, celebrations, building structure, order. Um, but just as important is rest. I love that that's in there. Hey, you're going to do, do, do. Okay, but you do need to rest. We all need to rest. We all need that rest. So do your research. Read the scripture. Read books. Uh, whatever. Listen to podcasts on vision casting. You can, you can Google that and find um, different things on, on vision. Spine, uh, spend time in rest and meditation or journal what you hear from the Holy Spirit. Actually take time. Dig into this. Dig into this. Don't let this be something where it's like, oh, hey, that sounds good for like, you know, maybe another person, but it's like, no, we can all benefit from this idea of vision. Our, our individual vision should also mesh, mesh with a corporate vision and accomplish God's kingdom vision for the glory of Jesus and for the well-being of others. That's really, that's what it's about. So we'll talk about this a little more next week, but you do have a handout here, and it just says, do you have a vision for your life, for your future, for your family? My vision is... Take some time, fill that out, consider that, wrestle with that, pray through that, no matter how old or how young you are. Think about this. Where am I going? What is the Lord pointing me to? Because even Jesus, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He had that vision of what was, what was to come and what he knew would be the reward by following through with what the Father had called him to do. Amen? Let's pray. I just ask, come, Holy Spirit. And I ask that. There's no demand. It is no 